0: Are you sick of the fatigue and fog, fed up with unpredictable flares, hangry from the super restrictive diets? Hello, and welcome to Success with Sjogren's, a podcast empowering naturally-minded and scientifically grounded women looking to reduce or even eliminate their Sjogren's symptoms. Hi, I'm your host, Dr. Kara Wada, a fellow Sjogren's spoonie triple board certified allergy immunology and lifestyle medicine physician, coach, medical educator, and mom. As a reminder, although I am a physician, I'm not your physician, and this podcast is for educational purposes only. for joining us for this episode of the Success with Shogrins podcast. I am super excited to welcome another one of my esteemed colleagues today, Dr. Paris Dubjanuch, who is dual board certified in internal medicine and gastroenterology. She practices um, medically um, in Austin, Texas, and she's also a gut health expert and a certified life coach. So she does all the things. Um, One of the um, things that I have really loved about following you is all of your awesome Instagram posts. They are so incredibly um, rich with um, just great information, especially on gut health, that I have sent countless patients (laughs) to your Instagram, Um, but super excited to have you here. And I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Um, And we can kind of
1: jump on into things. Thanks so much, Kara. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, Thanks for having me on your great show and thanks for the great introduction. Uh, So I think uh, uh, the introduction was uh, complete. Uh, I'm a practicing gastroenterologist, certified life coach and gut health expert currently living in Austin, Texas. And I love uh, bringing in uh, life coaching uh, to gut health and link our mind to our gut. Uh, so that's basically the angle that I see things uh, from most of the time.
0: So when we talk about gut health, what, what does that mean? And like, how do you talk to patients about that in the office? So as
1: you probably know, gut health these days is a buzzword. But beyond, uh, you know, the buzzword, I think there are a lot uh that we can talk about. Uh, so traditionally, gut health, uh, you know, gut refers to our digestive system. So when we talked about gut health, it was all about having a basically functioning GI system or digestive system. But the last 10 years, I think what we learned uh, with our expanding knowledge about gut microbiome, the definition of gut health has changed tremendously. And it's going to be uh, evolving from here on. And I'm sure in the next 10 years, we are going to have great data that gut health is not only referring when we say gut health we do not only refer to uh, the health of our digestive system but we are referring to the health as you know it has a holistic meaning here the health of our body or other organs because now we know that our gut microbiome it's essential in uh, basically working with other organs in our body. It's not only our uh, digestive system, our gut microbiome is constantly in communication with our brain, with our endocrine system, and with our immune system, I'm sure we are going to come back to this uh, on this episode, uh, and with our cardiovascular system. And uh, the health of our gut microbiome is something that we need. If you wanna have a um, healthy mind and healthy body, uh, we really need to have a healthy gut.
0: Yeah. And what sorts of things do you tend to recommend that people think about um, when they maybe want to make some improvements in their gut health?
1: Great questions. I always get this question in the office. Uh, My patients come to me and ask me. uh, They always ask about different kinds of supplements. Uh, They ask about different kinds of probiotics, prebiotics, vitamins, and a lot of commercial stuff out there. And I always tell them, and I would really love uh, for people to know that we, you know, our knowledge about gut microbiome is really in infancy. Uh, We know a lot, but it's not really that much. I'm sure we are going to learn more in the next 10 years, as I said. But for now, we don't really know much. We only know one fact. We know that our gut microbiome is thriving on fiber, Mm. on dietary fiber. And this is the fact that has been consistently shown in the data. And if you really want to have a healthy gut microbiome, you really have to change your diet. You really have to increase a diverse diet, a diet diverse in uh, fibers, which we find fibers mainly in plants. That means fresh fruits, vegetables, whole grains, um, and you name it, legumes, and all these uh, seeds and nuts. So that's what the data says. The rest of that probiotics and so forth. Uh, so we don't know, we, we really, this is an unregulated business. Uh, we don't know what happens to probiotic, if it, it really even gets into our colon, where the majority of our gut microbiome lives, passing through all these different kinds of uh, digestive enzymes, our stomach acids. So that's to be uh, determined. But for now, I would say, um, you know, this is very powerful by changing our diet, we really can change our gut microbiome. And I think this is something that is undervalued. Yeah. And I'm very happy that you're doing this. Uh, and also you're uh, a proponent
0: of plant-based diet. Uh, yeah. And I think that's what's been, I, I read another uh, article this morning on, uh, you know, one of the celebrity podcasters is doing a month of car carnivorous eating again. And I was like, Oh, gosh, that again, like, and just um, one of the, the quotes that they said was that he had terrible um, digestive distress, like, you know, diarrhea and things. And I'm like, Well, yeah, because your poor microbiome oh, isn't God. getting any probably nutrients, you know, to speak of, um, you know, minimal fiber, um, if you're essentially eating steak and, um, and all those things you know three times a day
1: Ugh. so it's just crazy you know right you know as you said I, you know i wasn't aware of this carnivorous diet to be honest up until a few months ago and that was when on instagram one of my followers who is an acquaintance uh started posting that she went on this amazing diet carnivorous and i thought initially this is a joke or something and, but I started calling and, you know, she was serious and she was just like saying that uh, it's just amazing. And, you know, my it blew my mind. And actually, um, so I you know now we are talking, I was really thinking a lot of things that, uh, you know, as physicians, it's very obvious to us and it's a no brainer. And we think, oh, OK, people know this and we don't need to educate people on this topic. But you see it's so confusing for majority of people out there with all these different uh, fat diets that are out there. And even up until, to be honest with you, up until a few years ago, myself, even as a physician, because there wasn't really, you know, they don't teach us this in no, medical school, yeah. you know, right? Uh, I was just like, I, I thought that a high a protein high in uh, uh, i'm sorry a diet high in animal protein is the way to go if you want to be fit and build muscle so i was working out and i had just this crazy high protein diet with minimal fiber And, and i was a physician and i was smart and i think it takes something more to research on your own and just go through the data to uh, understand between fat and real. And I want to say, plant-based diet, diet as you know, it's not a fat, It's not going to go away. It's the future of medicine.
0: Yeah. No. And I agree. And it's interesting. So in in my my route to kind of eating a more plant-forward diet has been uh, a long and winding road, um, but along the way stopped and and tried some different paleo type approaches. And one of the things that came up um, in conversation with my husband, who's a cardiologist, he's like, this is too much meat. He's like, you know, we know that this is bad for cardiovascular health. So he kind of came from that lens. Um, And I've dealt with more constipation, predominant IBS type symptoms off and on. And so I've kind of realized too, when I cut out oatmeal, which is my favorite grain, um, I don't do so well, like I do much better when those gut bugs are are fed with, um, with more fiber. And so it's, um, it, it has not been a direct path, but it's been kind of, um, you know, these different breadcrumbs, um, or cookie crumbs, whatever you want to say that have kind of left along the way, um, you know, and kind of culminated with, um, with everything I learned kind of through lifestyle medicine, which really promotes, you know all of the the data behind a plant-based you know whole food plant-based diet um have you found anything um to be helpful in your own day-to-day life to help you kind of with um making that transition from you know kind of a more animal protein heavy diet to plant-based diet
1: Yes, uh, you know, what I realized since uh, last year when um, uh, we decided to become plant forward, more plant forward, uh, We basically what we do, we are not completely plant-based. Uh, uh, we eat plant-based, completely plant-based the whole week. And also, uh, you know, I still have egg here and there. Uh, I replace my milk with oat milk, which I love.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, and I highly, <laughs> yeah. I know,
1: highly recommend. Uh, it's actually, I think, it tastes somehow better than uh, milk. Still having cheese, so I love cheese. But um, and uh, you know, sometimes we treat ourselves to seafood, chicken, sometimes even meat. But uh, it's just very, very now sort of like um, you know, occasional. And uh, you know, the things that I figured uh, helped me is. Uh, just become curious around uh, plants and around the diversity of plants, because I know people have this uh, basically mindset, let's call it, that they think, oh, you know, if you go plant-based, there's no diversity, it's boring, you have to eat the same thing over and over, which is completely not true. I think when I go grocery shopping, I'm always thinking, what else can I try? What new vegetable, what new fruits? what new grains, you know, what is out there? And that's really, I think, helping um, sort of like uh, me to explore and figure out. Because when you ask these questions constantly, then you go after ways that you can bring diversity to your food. Uh, And diversity of plants matters, obviously. You know, that's what I think I forgot to tell people during the last questions that when um, diversity of plants is what our microbiome really thrives on, the more diverse plants uh, the microbiome is introduced to, the more diverse our gut microbiome becomes. And diversity of gut microbiome is uh, the sign of resilience. That Mm -hmm. means you have a resilient, healthy gut microbiome the other thing uh, i think it's very important um, uh, just a long mindset is to also think that this is not from when you want to try change and become plant forward plant-based this is not coming from limitation but it's coming from abundance you're exploring your whole new world around you and you can try it and see if you like it or not and I think um if you go there, you don't come back. That's my experience because you start uh, feeling better physically. Uh, and also, I have some ethical um, concerns or, you know, sort of like with animal eating animals as well. And I feel like with becoming plant based, I help the environment better. So, some sort of like, you know, motivations beyond, you know, self that I think, you know, might work for some people.
0: Absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, what I'm hearing you say too, and has been really instrumental kind of in in our family is having that flexibility of not being, you know, um, say, you know, necessarily putting a full label on it like oh i'm 100 percent vegan or what have you that you know that if there is a wedding you're going to or you know or going out with friends or something that there's some flexibility um in in our approaches which is i think for me has been helpful because i've i've tended to go more towards restriction which is totally a, you know counter to what we know now with diversity and wanting to expand our diet to get kind of all of those um different things in um you were talking about some of the aspects to mindset how have you found um mindset and coaching to be helpful kind of with um with the gut and with gi health so
1: you know our mind and body, it's not separate. That's, uh, that's, I think, the first thing that I always it comes to my mind when I'm sort of like approaching a client, a patient. You know, it's all interconnected. So we think that they're separate, but actually they're both part of a whole. And as a part of that is our gut, which is part of our body. I would like to sort of like separate, say, mind, body, gut, in a sense, not to separate them and say that they're, you know, different entities, but to say that basically just like a triad, I introduce a triad uh, of mind, by, uh, mind, body, gut, and that's a basically a health triad or a model that I talk to my patients and clients about. And these, if it's a triad, it's a triangle. You see that mind, body, gut—they're constantly talking to each other, and uh, you know we cannot really be healthy if you know if one of these muscles are not flexing. So we need, in order to be healthy, we have to have a healthy mind, healthy body, healthy gut, and we know that specifically our gut and mind are connected through pathways of nerves and hormones here, mm-hmm. and this is science. This is fact you are constantly communicating. It's a bidirectional pathway. And now with the role of gut microbiome, also this um, um, communication becomes more sophisticated. It's a different layer. So basically, it's again, mind, body, gut uh, connection. So what happens is that um, our nervous system, our brain is constantly sending signals to our gut and vice versa, our gut is constantly sending signals to our brain. If there is any uh, disruption or if there is any impairment any way throughout this pathway, that's when basically irritable bowel syndrome happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, Interestingly, the last, I would say, few years, we now tend to call IBS or irritable bowel syndrome more like diseases of gut-brain connection mm. because of all these uh, knowledge that we mm. uh, have and uh, we and we know now that there is a connection and there is an impairment in this connection so if you can repeat your question for me because i think i may yeah. have
0: uh, no this is all track. great I'm like, just the you know kind uh-huh. of this role of um coaching our mindset kind of in um the approach to to these symptoms and in particular i'm of course curious with irritable valve um gotcha but
1: okay oh exactly so i wanted to get to this point exactly i was like oh i wanted to get to coaching i don't know what happened <laughs> so with coaching what happens basically i think uh the role of mindset or let's say um, coaching of mindset uh, is that when you know how to when you know your nervous system, when you know your brain? so you really can sort of like modulate the effect of your mind on your body, or even vice versa, when you know um how your nervous system really communicates with your gut or with your body. Because if you see, you know, trauma response, what happens um, Mm -hmm. when we are really in trauma response is the response of our sympathetic nervous system, which is our autonomic nervous system that makes us go into this uh, response that we
0: uh,
1: fight or flight, exactly, fight, flight, spawn, freeze. And that's a trauma response. That's the response that has basically played a great role in our uh, evolution and got us here. And now when uh, we feel uh, threatened, when we feel that we are under attack, the system, sympathetic nervous system gets activated. That's when our blood pressure goes up, heart rate goes up, our breathing gets fast, our digestion slows down and to help us deal with this trauma, deal with this stress or the acute stress. So that's the way that our mind communicates with our body. Whatever happens in our mind, if we feel threatened, if we interpret something as a threat, you know, we start our body starts responding accordingly. So where coaching comes into play is that to help our nervous system um, interpret threats or um, triggers because necessarily not everything that happens outside and we perceive as threat are real threats mm-hmm. and that's the role of coaching i would say that's when we have the power to calm our nervous system down or <laughs> if we go mm-hmm, going to
0: sorry as i said kind of turn down and that and
1: dial yeah right exactly to dial it down uh Or if we go even to trauma response, which happens multiple times throughout the day for each of us, we can even just like, you know, calm ourselves down, down, go to our body and see, you know, face the effects of trauma on our body and can fine tune that dial exactly as you said.
0: It's always, um, I recall like being very young and my mom always explaining like this idea of like, oh, I get this nervous stomach or, you know, like the butterflies in your stomach and kind of this gut feeling. And so that's kind of the, the analogy or kind of the story I I've shared with patients just to kind of explain, or, you know, this idea of the mind-gut connection, but it really is um, incredibly powerful to see how we can actually use that to our advantage. Um, when we're dealing with some of these different conditions that are related to um, to mind-body um, and that we are can be more empowered um, through some of these coaching techniques, which is really awesome. Exactly.
1: So, you know, um, just to add here, I have an uh, analogy that I use a lot. So just to open up for our uh, listeners who are not in medical field, Um, A big part of our nervous system uh, is responsible uh, for our bodily functions behind the scenes. And that's when everything happens subconsciously without our input, without our, you know, it's just like we really uh, don't have any uh, say into how our heart is beating right we are not aware of our breathing most of the time we don't tell our lungs okay breathe at this rate or our heart to pump at this rate or our digestion we don't we cannot dictate anything to our digestive system so these are happening behind the scene by autonomic nervous system which is made of two main um, three but here just for the sake of it to say two main a nervous system, sympathetic and parasympathetic. Sympathetic is the trauma response or we call it uh, fight or flight. Parasympathetic is rest or digest. So basically when we are stressed out, sympathetic nervous system comes to play and parasympathetic nervous system comes later to clean up after the storm, to bring things back to normal. So we always want really to be living in parasympathetic nervous system if we want to be healthy right that's where you want to be because that's where your digestion is optimal your heart rate is uh, at the rate that it should be everything is quiet and that's interesting where i say all these great things that you hear they tell us to do meditation yoga belly breathing coaching and mindset that i think some people may say okay i'm just Tired of uh, people telling me do this, do that. What the heck? What is meditation? What What does yoga do? That's where you know. It just basically with do- doing those, you're going to be in parasympathetic nervous system. So you are going to be uh, distancing yourself from your trauma response. That's where your mind and body should, I would say, you know, it's, it's not possible, but we should
0: try to be living there more often because we're not being chased around by tigers all day long. Exactly. (laughs) Even though we feel like it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Right. So, you know, exactly as you said, I don't say we need our sympathetic nervous system, right? Because we have to respond to stress. If we see the tiger, as you said, if we see a car in front of us in the highway, slamming on the brake, we need our sympathetic nervous system to slam on the brake and, you know, respond accordingly. And that's an evolution, um, um, so evolutionary response. But, you know, now with this modern life, we are constantly in sympathetic nervous system. We are constantly in stress response uh, because somebody says something, because somebody does something, because traffic is, uh, you know, heavy, because we get late. There are a lot of things, you know, our kid is doing that, our parents are doing this. So it's exactly the same response that you do when you see the tiger, when you get stressed out, right? That's where
0: coaching comes to play. Yeah. As I hear my little one crying in the background, it's like that same response. Now it's the third, like with the first one, you know, on hyper alert all the time. And now it's like, oh, it's fine. Dad's got it. <laughs> no problem at all.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, so thinking of take-home messages for our... Um, our listeners it it sounds like you know big things are really trying for diversity of of fiber in our diet trying to get more plants in our diet and tapping into the rest and digest kind of mode as I've kind of um thought about it too any other take-home messages you'd love to to share
1: so um Yes, exactly as you said. You know, I um I would like for people to uh, you know remember from this episode, I think that um, our mind, body, and guts are interconnected, you know, and they're constantly in communication. And it takes you know awareness to basically uh, have some control and try to um basically make things go the direction that you want. If you want to be healthy, we have to really pay attention to our gut. As you said, we have to have a diet diverse in uh, plants and stay away from red meat, processed meat, and um, you know uh, eating a lot of meat. And that by by itself, and you have a healthy gut microbiome, so your other organs are going to be functioning better, healthier. Yeah. your mind is going to be uh, much more at ease. And then, uh, then um, you know, during the day, I would say it's very important when you are in that stress response, when you know, uh, you know, your heart rate goes up, you're upset, you're angry, you're mad, try to sort of like really uh, calm down and get that response, uh, tune down that response. I think that's very important because the detrimental effects of living chronically in that um, uh, stress response that's when we see
0: uh, all these diseases coming up um, including autoimmune which uh, you know kind of we circle ourselves back
1: <laughs> exactly so I think yeah that's as you said I just I forgot to say this but because yeah. uh, I know we are short in time but uh, just in uh, one minute so interestingly we've uh, also during the last Ten years, we also discovered that uh, greater than seventy percent of our immune system lives in our gut,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's uh, separated from our gut microbiome by a very thin layer of uh, cells and the teleol cells. So they're constantly communicating by molecules um, that. You know, gut microbiome secrets, immune cell secrets. So there is this connection. So the role of gut microbiome in autoimmune diseases, in cancer is now really um, getting more and more, becoming more and more topic of um sort of like people are trying to figure out really where is that link which makes sense because we know that autoimmune diseases we think there's some genetic role but it's not obviously a hundred percent link Mm -hmm. environmental role yes but we don't know what i think that missing link is really gut
0: microbiome what i find so fascinating you know my my training I, f- I finished up my allergy immunology training around 2016 so it, it you know it's relatively recent there was only one chapter in my basic immunology textbook which is like gets into the nitty gritty of the immune system that we kind of have to know for our boards one chapter that talked about immune system in the gut out of like you know dozens of chapters so i i, 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 I I'm, i'll be curious to see how that that book and all those other resources evolve over the next 10 years in um, just how much information we're seeing develop in that area. I'm like, I wanted to be here already, but
1: you know. It will be fascinating. Yeah, I know.
0: Well, thank you so much. Where can people find you so that they can follow you on social media or kind of, or maybe work with you or If we have people who are in Austin who want to come see you, um, how can they find you?
1: (laughs) Uh, I think the easiest way is my Instagram account is MindGutFitMD. uh, And my website is www.MindGutFitMD.com. So, yep, uh, anytime they want, if they want to message me on Instagram, happy uh, to answer any questions. Yes, and uh, I think uh, yeah, Facebook also I am on Facebook, mine
0: got fits MD, but more
1: active on Instagram.
0: Awesome. And yeah, if especially going back to some of those posts m- m- right in the middle of the pandemic, those I was just totally like learning so much from and always have beautiful um pictures too. I'm hoping one of these days I'll be able to get down to Austin or maybe we'll be able to meet up at one of the conferences It would be fantastic. <laughs>
1: Yes, for sure. No, thanks so much. I also enjoy uh, following you on Instagram. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for uh, uh, educating people. I think we really need this. Uh, As many physicians as they can uh, get out and uh, spread the facts and data. I think I uh, really love that and hopefully we can meet soon. Yeah
0: well thank you so much and um, take care and be well. You too.